Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby, and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Andy was broadcasting from uh, home today for reasons that will become apparent. Uh, we were joined by Charlie Baker, whose team Torquay United were involved uh, in one of the weirdest games of the weekend in the FA Cup. Uh, we also spoke to a surgeon who worked with a lot of top names in sport. He's written uh, his uh, story. Um, also, a very interesting tale, an odd tale from uh, Russia in Andy Brussels' European Roundup. Don't Ask Me was quite contentious, as you'll discover. And, of course, myself and Andy had a bit of a chat about uh, different things. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone, and live via satellite from uh, <laughs> West London. Good afternoon, Andy. <laughs> afternoon, Paul. Afternoon, everybody. Yes, yeah, not happy about this, but what can you do? Um, yes, we. Uh, you mentioned. Um, don't ask me. Then it's funny. I got a. a, a Instagram message from a listener hmm. saying he wanted to know about the book that we we reviewed last week with the author about uh, Anfield, the cop, uh, yeah. Jürgen Klopp, actually. And he said to me, what's it called and who's it by? I went, don't ask me. <laughs> I just couldn't remember, so don't ask me that one, whatever happens. Okay, well, I've done the questions now, so I can, can't tell you if it is in there or isn't in there. You'll oh, have to sort of see he'll, it. Well, he'll, he'll have to listen at four o'clock, so yes. five to four to see. I said to you last week, we were in the studio, and I said to you, Football now has become like hockey. In hockey, if the ball inadvertently touches the foot, it's a free kick. And if it's in the air, it's a penalty. Mm. And that's the same with football now. If it touches your, your hand, it's a, it's a penalty. And I think they might as well introduce the penalty corner. You know that thing they do in hockey where they all stand on the line and play, takes the corner from sort of not the far corner, but sort of like halfway. He knocks it back to, say, the edge of the penalty area. And then you have a go because you might as well for those decisions because they're definitely not penalties, whatever you do. No. Absolutely ludicrous. I thought De Bruyne must have thought it wasn't a penalty either. That's probably why he missed it. He thought, oh, I'm not, I'm not, better not put this <laughs> yeah. in. That's so ridiculous. So, when we, when we yeah. realised, Andy, uh, the other week that the real reason that we're seeing more goals and more penalties and these decisions are being made is because Gianni Infantino, the head of FIFA, wants his legacy to be that when he leaves football, there would have been more goals scored under him than ever before. It just shows how completely out of touch he is with what fans want. Fans of even the clubs getting these iffy penalties, they don't want to see that. That's not the game that they want to witness. And the idea that because a game finishes 3-2 and not 2-1 because it had two dodgy penalties makes it a better game is nonsense. 
No, it's nonsense. It's absolutely... It was a good game, though, the, the Liverpool was. City game. First half especially, a very exciting game of football. I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, But there were some surprising results. Hey, Spurs, they're doing well, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're not playing well, but no. they're doing well. And Kane is it absolutely... He's peaked now. He's peaking. I mean, that header was just brilliant. It was so, such a brilliant header over the keeper. He's just a special, special player. So while he stays fit, I think Spurs are, are definitely going to be challenging. And it looks like, you know, there's six or seven teams that are really decent this year. Mm. I mean, Chelsea <laughs> played well on the weekend, that's for sure. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Ben Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Well, we've got second round FA Cup draw this evening. A number of non-league clubs uh, will be looking very closely at that, hoping for a bit of a glamour tie even in uh, round two. Sadly, not so Torquay, uh, who um, had played their part in an incredible game against uh, Crawley Town <laughs> yesterday. Um, despite being 2-0 up, they ultimately lost 6-5 with, yeah, not on penalties... <laughs> Uh, in extra time watching it all unfold through the cracks in his fingers not just our producer currently listening at home no doubt but Charlie Baker talk sport presenter and uh, one half of the National Obsession podcast which we should point out isn't a talky podcast it covers all the National League but uh, good, <laughs> well af- good afternoon Charlie <laughs> good afternoon Andy good afternoon Paul wow you I can hear did, the did disappointment talk- in your voice did talky play this weekend I can't remember <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're in the, we weren't in the cup I don't think anymore I'm not sure about it now Charlie what I would say is that is this one of the more bizarre games you've uh, witnessed your team play and this comes from a club who once stayed up because a uh, police dog bit a goalkeeper yeah. so that yeah. I mean that's, it's it's quite tough to call it as more bizarre than that really yeah I mean this is this is typical talk United to be honest this is no surprise at all when we went 5-3 up in extra time with 20 minutes to go um, <laughs> I thought well that's it they're definitely going to win from here um, this is it just this happens I know every club thinks this sort of thing happens to them all the time but this sort of thing happens to us all the time <laughs> it really does we're so spursy it's unbelievable <laughs> we should become twin clubs exactly we? we we i mean we we started so well we were we went 2-0 up we were absolutely running the game we've had a brilliant season gary's got us really playing we've got a really great squad really good squad depth we've just beat oldershot 4-1 we're top of the national league we beat hartlepool last week 5-0 so we're, we're, we're top of the league and we're absolutely flying. So this came along at sort of the right time, bit of a free hit. And we were f- playing really, really well. 2-0, half-time, cruising. Then, uh, unfortunately, one of their, their goalkeeper got knocked out um, uh, with uh, a yeah. pretty heavy concussion and went down for 16 minutes. And they brought in their other keeper. We lost some momentum. As you know, momentum is everything in sport and mm. in football, especially in a cup tie. They got a... a a silly penalty, let's call it that. And then the, the comeback started. It went to two all. We scored with a minute to go, to go 3-2. And we thought, that's it, we've won it. Then, of course, they stuck one in at the back post and it went to three all and went to extra time. And then it was like, well, it's anybody's now. Then we went 5-3 up with another penalty. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, surely even we can't lose it from here. But, of course, we're talking United. And that's just how it works. So... Uh, and the thing is, I'd have normally, because it was behind closed doors, we normally wouldn't have seen it, would have been the odd Twitter update or whatever, and getting progressively more frustrated with it. But 
we could watch it on the on the on the red button, which is rare for Torquay United to be able to actually watch it on the telly. So yeah, just really frustrating. But you know what? I'm trying to find a positive for us, and I think the positive is it will stop any complacency we've had mm. from scoring all those goals in the league, from from the way we're playing. We are absolutely hammering team, trouncing teams, and it will stop any complacency of that, and hopefully push us on to the title. Yeah, Gary Johnson made the point of saying this this mustn't derail the season. It was a great game. He's he seems reasonably sanguine about it and not too upset. I'm sure he's a bit annoyed. But yeah, you know, have you had he... trouble closing out games, Charlie? As as a no, team? Not really. No, we've been pretty good last minute. S House merchants, to be honest. Um, <laughs> really good sort of. We've, we've won a few in the with the last kick of the game already this season. Mm. Only played seven games, um, but the last two games we've just steamrolled teams. Um, yeah, but Gary's brilliant. Gary's been round the block so many times that he just never panics. He just and the squad he's built is excellent. We've got one player, Ben Whitfield, who we interviewed last week on the National Obsession podcast, and he is Gary on the pitch. You know when you want the manager on on, on the pitch? Yeah. He's, he's he's a little guy, but he's full of energy, full of running. He's got so much skill. He's playing probably two levels below himself, really driving us on. We've got loads of great experience. Asa Hall, Danny Wright, really, really good players who've been around the block and loads of energy on loan as well. So, we're a really good team. It was just, it was pretty disappointing because we've had a, we had a result v Crawley probably 13 years ago where they scored in the last minute. In the next round, they got Man United. So there's a little bit of a grudge there as well. But yeah, I mean, just trying to go concentrate on the league, concentrate on the league, lads, concentrate on the league. We go again. Yeah, of course. Now the referee, <laughs> the referee was beautifully named. I thought quite posh for a referee. Charles mm-hmm. Breakspear was ah, in charge of the game. Who was he? Charles Breakspear. And it did remind me is that you, get, you go down the market and you're looking for a sort of barber. And you get there and you, you try it on. So this is nice. Is it is it a barber? They say, it's not. It's barber style. It's a Charles Breakspear. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Lovely, yeah. Gigi Ormani. Yeah. It sounds quite... Po- you'd think, oh, if it's... It's, it's not... A, yeah, it's, it's better than that. It's a Charles Breakspear. I don't know where it takes oh, me. I just thought I'd share that with... Are you familiar well, with his work? Has he, has he been, he, he been was, in the middle he before? Was, he, was referee, he was refereeing as though he'd had a few pints of Breakspear. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> Charles, if you're listening, that's and not also, true. This is a bit... A Torquay fan. We don't think the that game, for a minute. The game started at twelve forty-five, kicked off, and it finished at half past three. Really? <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was like a test match. It was. It was unbelievable. Oh now with a Schadenfreude hat on, Charlie, because your team goes out the FA Cup. So first yeah. you get the hit of seeing. I take it we had Fletching earlier on, who's a Woking fan, yeah. bringing us. You would have been pleased to see Woking go out, obviously, wouldn't you? That would have yeah. that would have made it. Did Exeter better. go out? What happened with Exeter? Uh, Exeter, oh, I don't know. I don't look at them too much. I don't like them. <laughs> oh, John does. They're, He's obsessed they're the wor- with them. The worst team in the league. So um, it's good to always. See- Woking have been struggling. They won. Recently, they won. Uh, they won their game. I see. Oh, Exeter, they beat. They, they oh, beat oh, filed. Yeah. So they're yeah. they're through. So you can't get any Schadenfreude. Woking lost to Kings Lynn the other week. That was exciting because Kings Lynn have been struggling. So uh, right, it's so Speedway country, exciting. really, isn't it? I mean, no, yeah, exactly. it's, uh, beaten by a Speedway team. Would uh, Culverhouse? Yes. Yeah. So uh, is there anybody you'll be rooting? Four now. Uh, the South End fans, they'll get behind Canvey, of course, now they're yeah. out. So, were you, is there any, another team you'll just, look out for? Just just not interested in the Cup now, to be honest. <laughs> just not, I'm only interested in the National League. 
And that's why on, on our <laughs> podcast, The National Obsession, we just only focus on the whole National League. People think it's a talkie podcast. It isn't. Well, we, you did interview a talkie player who said he was the manager on the, on the pitch. It sounded yeah. pretty we talkie We do sponsor a talkie player. <laughs> yeah. No, um, uh, uh, Crowley Valley Paper Mills, did they lose? That was exciting, wasn't it? Marine, are they still in? I think Marine is still in. I think yeah, okay, did Marine. Cray Valley win? I'm not quite sure they did. I think now they lost to Haven and Waterlooville. Oh. Uh, they got blown away. They did. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, they did the Welcome old... to 1972. What a day this has been. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff, Charlie. Always a pleasure. We will, Thanks, uh, Charlie. We will catch Brilliant. up with you soon. Thanks very Thank much. Thanks for helping me relive my pain. Cheers, That's all right. Guys. It's a pleasure. We'll be back Saturday. I'll take it with Max, are you? Yeah, yeah, this Saturday, yeah. Good stuff. Game day warm-up. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. We should have a look at this weird and wonderful story from Russia. Uh, Artem uh, Zubio, we know from... Um from the World Cups. He was Fine. great in the World Cup, wasn't Yeah, he? yeah, yeah. yeah. Zenit striker. He, <laughs> we'll know for something else now. We will. <laughs> a, a video of him having, having a bit of a one-man party. Shall yes. we? Intimate one-man party. <laughs> Shall we put it that way? Uh, a surface. He says his phone was hacked. Although you do wonder why you would keep a video of that for old time's sake anyway. But um, <laughs> Some lonely nights when you're away on international yeah. duty, I guess. <laughs> Obviously. Clearly. But um, it's not, you know, it's not gone down well in Russia, is it? No, he got... Um, Dropped from 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 the Russian national team for their, their their forthcoming games, and he's such an important player to them. They released a statement. They said um, they thought it would be best uh, to avoid any stress going forward. Well, presumably that had been Zubia's aim in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> but um, then um, he, he had the captaincy taken off him by Zenit, at least for the moment, given to Dejan Lovren, that safe pair of hands. And um, Zubia's day went from bad to worse when against Krasnodar. Um, he got a penalty, missed it, tried to complain that the goalkeeper had come off his line prematurely, which he hadn't. But later, Zubia ended up scoring the winner as they went on to, to win 3-1. I bet the Spartak fans are working as a song, aren't they? Working on a song, <laughs> should I say. They'll be yeah. working on one for when they get back in the stadium and give him some step for Well, it's, it's, it's been... They after were. the original video went viral, yeah. now, like, sort of, there have been lots of different versions of it been plastered all over Russian social media so no one's going to forget about it in a he's, hurry I don't he's, think he's gone viral not a surprise the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Andy, we have a little bit of time for you to work your magic. (laughs) No pressure. <laughs> no I'll, pressure I'll, at all. I'll kick back and let you get on with it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks very what much. have you noticed Motti, this weekend? Well, Motti mentioned this, but this was a, a row or an alleged row between Neil Swarbrick and Stuart Atwell at Stockley Park. Mm. And you don't know exactly what went on. But one thing that struck me, have a look at the, the photo and have a look at the floor. It looks like a student's bedroom, uh, headphones <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. All over. It's not very tidy at Stockley Park. I was quite quite shocked. What were you expecting? I, I mean, I'd expect all sort of spent crisp packets and pizza boxes <laughs> and, and cans of Red Bull. And don't you think it would be that would be the nature of it? Like they're playing a no. big computer game. Ordered mind, ordered sort of surroundings. I think you know you should be kept nice and neat and tidy. Okay, right. Mike uh, Riley will be going in with his dustpan and brush. <laughs> yeah, he should do. Uh, Leeds director of football Victor Orta had a rent, uh, a rent, Did he a really? rent. I can't, even, <laughs> I can't even read my own writing. How much a does rant. he charge? Is it monthly or weekly? <laughs> And a rant yeah. at Roy Hodgson for Palace not kicking the ball out. But surely Victor ought to know better. Thank you very yeah, much. All that for that. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't worth it. Yeah. And uh, one of the I'm working from home today, as we uh, mentioned right at the start of the show. Mm. And um, one of the problems working from home is that is what Sue has for her lunch. She had sardines today. I'm like two oh, hours of having to do the show in a sardine atmosphere. <laughs> oh, I love a party with a sardine atmosphere. It's like working with a moose again, wasn't it, when he used to put his <laughs> microwave his fish and stink out the very, whole studio, yeah. Very, very true. The uh, Vendee Globe Round the World race got underway thrillingly yesterday. Yeah. It takes uh, between two and three months to finish. It's not really a race, is it, as such? <laughs> well, it doesn't, just because something takes three months doesn't mean it isn't a race, Andy. I'm not sure how that stacks up. I think it is. I'm not it's, going with it. It's just a very long race, isn't it? Yeah, I it's a really think. great telly, isn't it? You, long-distance yachting. I don't think I'd stay with it live on the red button. Put it that way. No. Yeah. And there's an article in the Guardian, Guardian today caught my attention. It says... <laughs> an article in the Guardian? <laughs> That's a Guardian, did I? No, you it didn't. You Guardian. said there's an article in the Garden. Well, you I'm go out there and Garden. get it. I'd love to Honestly, know more this is like being... This is like being under house arrest for me. You don't realise. You've got your, it's like having your electronic tag back on, isn't it? You can't leave the house for 10 days, can you? We should I point know, out, if I you can't. didn't join us in the... Andy does not have the virus, but his, his app went off, and so he is having to isolate along with our producer uh, and assistant producer. So it's, um, mm. it's, it's, it's a bit weird at the moment. So, yes, carry it's on. It's not then. ideal. His but art, anyway, his it says... In the garden. 
in The Guardian said, uh, now Biden must tackle the causes of Trumpism by Thomas Frank. I was thinking, what, well, the manager of Brentford? I don't think he'd be writing that. No, it's not. It's Thomas Frank, an American political analyst and historian who probably gets a right coating every time Brentford loses. He does, yeah. Poor fella on Twitter. <laughs> he does. He's quite a well-known American politician, so uh, to be fair to him. Uh, we, we managed to get through looking at the weekend's football without mentioning one of the great saves. Have you seen the Cashbus Michael save at the weekend? Weekend. What a save. A real flyer up to the top left-hand corner. It's a fantastic stop. Oh, I don't, yeah, no, maybe I missed by. that one. No, I was, was, yeah, was, was, I was a, watching sort of highlights of that one. But it that was world-class. It was a sensational yeah. stop and uh, very important to him, of course, where it was there from Raul Jimenez. What a save. No, absolutely. And uh, Brian Linford wrote to the... Oh, sorry, Ruben oh, Nevis. Sorry, I do apologise. Oh, Ruben Nevis. Oh, he's got a great shot on him, hasn't he? Brian Linford wrote to the star with this very strange letter that I've now read three times and can't work out what he's on about. It's, it says, it starts like this. Alan Brazil tells Lineker to give it a break, read comments on social media on basically all but opening an envelope. I don't know what that means. He needs stimulation. For too long has mind-blowingly commented at times on a nil-nil draw for eternity with three average pundits and now no crowds. BBC, give him something more in keeping with his salary, his need for self-expression and a bigger stage. <laughs> That's a really <laughs> odd letter, isn't it? <laughs> in so many ways. Now, Andy, oh, well, a, a quandary, yeah. not really a quandary, it could have been a quandary for some. In our garden, before I left to, to come to the studio there, in our garden were two big fat partridges wandering Ooh. around a cock of the walk the pair of them sort of walking around the garden we obviously wouldn't let the dog out because it would have been carnage <laughs> but uh, she didn't seem that fussed anyway but they were big big old birds they were and you're thinking there will be someone out there thinking well you should have got the old should have got the yes. old gun out <laughs> there's, your Christmas, there's your Christmas I couldn't they were beautiful creatures but they, they looked like they'd been fattened up for Christmas whether they had been or not but uh, just having a little uh, yes. wander around the garden so uh, anyway you don't get those in Chiswick, funnily enough. <laughs> well, you haven't got a garden. It'd be quite difficult. Well, that's all, there was that's an article here, but you haven't got one for, for partridges. There was a diet article today talking of that. It says, lose up to a stone before Christmas. I was thinking, oh, blimey, I thought Christmas had been cancelled. But never mind. I suppose you can still try. It's still something to aim for, isn't it? Still oh, yeah, very much, so. very much to aim for. A pep has said that the title race is like the US elections. I think which team is Trump? We'll find that out in due course, I suppose. Yes, we will. And um, what else? Oh, I quite liked. Um, oh yes, this new tech. We often used to speak to Billsy about this. You know what that show where they announce all the new technology that they've come up with, and they've come up with this thing. It's brilliant. This if it works, it's airbags for older people. Really? So basically, fall over. It detects as so you fall to the ground. If you have a fall. So like yeah. Nan has a fall or Grandad has a fall. Oh, yeah, it protects the hips. Yeah, they, like you see, where these airbag pants wow, and they inflate. So just you know, on the off chance, it would be a. It's. It, yeah. I mean, it's a nice idea. Yeah. Okay, anyway, I'll get you a pair. I'll, I'll, I know I'll get you for Christmas now. That'll be good. Thanks very much. And if you don't like your partner uh, scrolling through their phone during uh, when they're in bed, oh, okay. there's a new thing that's nicely, uh, Wi-Fi. Nicely Thank you very much. Wi-Fi blocking. I'm hopeless here. Aren't I? Wi-Fi blocking for for your bedroom. Well, I mean, just turn your phone off, I suppose. But <laughs> yes. basically, it doesn't allow you to use the phone. Okay, when you're in bed. this is all this is all good news. Um, uh, anything else? Uh, yes, weather news. It's hotter than Marseille, according to one paper. It's hotter than Mars. It's, <laughs> it probably is, actually. It's very warm today. Hotter than Marseille and hotter than Greece. 
Really? I don't know why they can ever. They always have to do that. We can't work out what warm means. Yeah. But I think I can. I've got to compare. Two hours. You've got to compare. Yeah, it's pretty warm. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Well, over the years, Professor Bill Ribbons has uh, worked with lots and lots of different uh, sports people and sports themselves, rugby, um, football, and quite memorably, F1 as well. A story I'm sure he'll be able to tell us in a few moments. Time he's now pulling these stories together and his thoughts on the importance of surgery and, and, and different tales from the world of sports medicine in his new book, Knife in the Fast Lane, A Surgeon's Perspective from the Sharp End of Sport. And he joins us now. Good afternoon, Bill. Uh, good afternoon, Paul and Andy. Thank you for having me on. Pleasure, yeah. Very Pleasure. entertaining. Uh, it's it's also, it kind of strikes me reading it that um, when a, when somebody in sport needs to call on your services, you're the very last person that they want to see in the nicest possible way because they've mm. probably exhausted everything else before they they come to the surgeon. And uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you're very important in the whole process, but uh, they've done so much until they get to the point where, where surgery is necessary. Oh, yes. Um, they often dread coming to see the surgeon. As you say, at that stage, the injury may be threatening their careers. You know, certainly upcoming important Olympic Games, World Championships, things like that. So they're very, very anxious usually when they come and see me. You have a responsibility, don't you, to all your patients. But it, with a famous sports person, it's their career. Is that a pressure for you? It, it is a pressure. It's a pressure to obviously to give them the right information. And I think what you've got to do is to assess the injury with the athlete and what they have to do. If you're looking at somebody, say, six months before an Olympic Games or a World Cup, have they got time to recover from their injury if you're going to offer surgery, not only to go through the rehabilitation, but to get back up to the level they need to be. And you've got to factor in everything apart from just the injury itself. You also have to be the the bearer of bad news, Bill, at times, I'm sure. you Maybe after a, a surgery, you've, you've opened up, you've looked at a, a player's leg or whatever, and you've thought, you know, this this is not going to work. It might be, it's short term. I'm going to have to break the bad news that this could be it, and which can't be easy. No, it's it's never easy, and I mean, what you're talking about mostly is is when you get inside a joint and you find the arthritis is mm. perhaps worse than you thought. And I think um, not only have I got to be <clears throat> mindful and skillful of the way that I uh, break that news, but I think that's when working within a team environment helps. You know, the team teams within teams. You know, and I often encourage the sports doctor to come into surgery, the physiotherapist because it helps if the team around the, the player, the athlete, have also seen exactly what's going on. It, it helps disseminate the message. On the positive side, though, to see an athlete win after you've helped them must be incredibly rewarding as well. Oh, it's, it's, it's you know, it's uh, immense satisfaction, you know, to have had that opportunity to look under the bonnet of an elite athlete, elite, elite rugby player, footballer, and then six months a year later to see them winning major championships gold medals it's uh, it, it, it's a source of enormous satisfaction yeah. i mean as we as we saw in the recent all or nothing at, at tottenham you know we know the medical teams are, in, are crucial to the successful running of any sort of sports setup but they're not always the most popular people 
with the managers, are they? We saw those situations. That they're often they are the, the bearers of bad news. They're the ones who have to go and say, no, it's not going to be two weeks, it's going to be eight weeks. Uh, it, you know, it, we, it, it's going to need surgery, those sorts of moments. So you say it's a, it's a team game, but that can't be an easy part of the process, either dealing with the clubs at the sharp end. No, it's, it's not. And, and I kind of have, over the last 40 years, fulfilled two roles. One is actually being part of the club or organisation setup, and also being the surgeon in my clinic. And uh, what you're kind of talking about is that ba that balance between welfare and performance. Um, we understand, particularly in uh, elite soccer, rugby and cricket, that the coaches as well as the players are under enormous pressure. They want them back as quickly as possible. I think inevitably the, the doctors are going to be uh, a little bit more pessimistic. They're going to be more conservative. And it's trying to find that right balance but, and of course, what you need is to have that good relationship with the managers and the coaches so that they they understand and they respect your views. It's not just a tale of surgery, though, is it? I mean, you discuss concussion, mental health, a lot of these other issues that are a big, big part of sport now. They are. I mean, concussion, thankfully, particularly in rugby, but obviously we're seeing all the concerns about football you know we've seen the passing of nobby styles and um what's um <clears throat> you know come forward from bobby Ch bobby charlton's family so there are short-term and long-term concerns about concussion and we really do need fifa world rugby the english cricket board we need everybody they, these major sporting international and international organizations to lead and to look carefully at the welfare and how they can make the games we all love following as safe as possible the advancements in sports surgery uh, have made a huge difference to players. I mean, players that would have had to end their careers can now, you know, they're going to have a spell out, but they can look forward to coming and playing again and potentially being as strong as ever. So probably even in the, the period of your career, you've seen huge advancements. Oh, enormously. I mean, if you go back, you know, before my career, you go back and look at Brian Clough. I mean, yeah. he, he, was, he was finished at a very young age with an anterior cruciate ligament injury. He just didn't come back. Now players obviously expect to come back. Uh, when I started 40 years ago, if you wanted to look inside somebody's knee, they were going to have a great big slash down the side of their knee. And my recollection as a junior doctor, you know, that was going to take about three months before they could bend it again. Now, you know, we put cameras in and the patient will go home the same day. We didn't have MRI scans. I remember the first MRI scans arriving and us realising all the things we've been missing. So enormous advances. We talked about the pressure of working on top-level uh, sports people, but there, there, there's a wonderful story in there about Michael Schumacher. When you were well, based in Northampton, uh, not far from Toaster, of course, where the British Grand Prix is run, and uh, you found yourself, uh, all, you know, everybody outside the hotel, big load of media outside, sorry, outside the hospital where you were working, Northampton General, uh, the full F1 circus, because you had to operate on Schumacher, and you were told in no uncertain terms, don't mess it up. Yeah, I mean that was that was twenty it was twenty one years ago, and um, like everybody, I was sitting at home watching the Grand Prix, and uh, it was on the first lap Schumacher went into the um, into the corner, slammed in, and um, as everybody knows, unfortunately broke his leg um, and was helicoptered. And I remember driving into the hospital and listening to the radio saying that he was in the helicopter and he was being taken to one of the elite. Uh, uh, hospitals in the in the country. They talked about Nottingham, Oxford. And I thought, no, he's coming to uh, to my market town in Northampton. <laughs> and and 
Schumacher arrived, but then about within 30, 40 minutes, the press corps, Ferrari, everybody arrived, and it was chaos. And it was, um, it was trying to find that that little bit of uh, downtime so you could concentrate on what you got to do, um, you know, out, you know, away from the media. And it, it made me realise the 72 hours that it went on for, uh, what pressures these elite sports people have to deal with all the time. For me, it was just a couple of days, but it went. But it goes on all their lives. Yeah. It re it really is difficult. And what about the future of sports medicine? Is there stuff going on that maybe we don't know about that's going to kind of advance it even further? I, th I think there's. Th well, we've talked about the safety aspects, um, and, I, and I think we need to have a look at how we can make it safer, but not taking away that that essential essence of what we all love. Um, I think we're doing more and more non-surgically. I'm probably talking myself out of a job here. Um, and, of course, sports sports science, our ability to rehabilitate people, um, has grown as with our surgical skills. And I think we're learning more and more about how we can repair damaged joints, damaged tendons, damaged ligaments, without necessarily resorting to the knife. And so I am hopeful that as we go forward over the next 10, 20 years, is that there will be more and more non-surgical solutions um, to keep our athletes fit and healthy. Yeah. Well, look, good to talk to you, Bill. Best of luck with the book. Thanks for joining us. OK, thank you for having me. There we are. That's Professor Bill Ribbons there. Knife in the Fast Lane is his book, A Surgeon's Perspective from the Sharp End of Sport, published by Pitch and out in hardback now. You listen to Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Don't ask me to leave it out. Here we go then. Five questions for Andy based on last week's show. Maybe that little bit of physical distance with him at home today might mean he gets the... The five out of five. Uh, we spoke to the manager of which football club on Friday? His team were in the FA Cup against Harrogate that evening. Skelmersdale. Skelmersdale. Mm. Aye, aye. He's off. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't get. They didn't I'm win. under pressure. The wife says so it's difficult. Uh, on Thursday, <laughs> um, we spoke to the author of Klopp, My Liverpool Romance. He shares his name with a famous Hollywood actor. What was his name? Anthony Quinn. You've locked it up, <laughs> you cheat. I knew you would. <laughs> I had to. You I just yeah, cheat yourself. Okay, it's a little asterisk next to that one because you admitted. Anyway, um, we spoke to Scott Murray, uh, a Ashton Gate legend. Uh, now does what other job at the club? Kit man. Kit man. I don't like the look at this. As I said, it's a bit yeah, dodgy. Well, we, I'll be disqualified anyway. I we, did look up. We spoke to a mayor uh, on Tuesday. The mayor of which city? The mayor of which city? Yeah. God, <laughs> really? Did we, we speak to, to a mayor? Yeah, we uh, spoke to a mayor, yeah. You had a mayor. You're having a mayor by the sound of it. That's true, <laughs> yeah, as Adrian says. Oh, God. Oh, shut up, Adrian. It's <laughs> 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 no. bad enough when I'm in the studio. Didn't me from <laughs> <laughs> about 10 he miles comes in away. especially early for this. He brings popcorn. <laughs> no, I'm done on that one, I'm afraid. The mayor of Burnley, Wajid Khan, to tell us about oh, Jimmy Anderson getting a street named after him. Oh, Jimmy Anderson Street. And who came in Damn. to tell us about his book, The Last Hundred Years, Give or Take, and all that, last Monday? <sighs> that's going well, isn't it? In seven my life, days that's a long time, time for Andy. That's a long time in my life. <laughs> Al Murray. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, of course. It's on the tip of his yes. tongue, though. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he would have sat there at half past nine, he wouldn't have got that. <laughs> well, that's it. Um, what well, a fine effort. Well done, Andy. <laughs> One, you cheated on, two, you got wrong. But apart from that, it's fantastic. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. We're back tomorrow from one. We hope you enjoyed that. We will uh, catch up with you then. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.